What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 42 of season four. My name is Jim Eichelone, and I'm joined by the one and only Jack Smith. We're joined by a very special guest uh, for the episode 2022 NHL draft prospect from the Saskatoon Blades, Mr. Charlie Wright. Charlie, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. Uh, big time in your life. The NHL draft is just a couple weeks away. Uh, dude, this is it. This is like the culmination of all your hard work. It's here. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm pumped. I mean, uh, there's nothing I can do about it now, right? The season's over, and uh, I feel like I did all I could, and just excited to see how that day turns out. We're excited as well. Uh, we wouldn't be upset if the Philadelphia Flyers decided to draft you. So uh, before we get to some of the juicier hockey questions of the show, uh, let's kind of start off with uh, see if you have any knowledge of the city of Philadelphia and the Philadelphia Flyers, who you know you could potentially potentially be playing for one day. So our first question for you, you ready? Oh, yeah. What is Philadelphia known for? And you can't say snowballs, you can't say Santa or batteries. Go. Oh, I'm from Canada. And First thing I've that comes not to your been mind. to the States very much. Cheese steaks. Uh, Philadelphia. I'm going to say hockey. For me, it's hockey. There you go. That's an acceptable Philadelphia answer. Philadelphia Flyers. We'll take that, right? it's, it's good to know people still think that, that are, are far away from here, because the, we might be losing that soon, the way things are going. <laughs> Question number two we know you're going to get. Who is the Philadelphia Flyers mascot? Say that one more time. It's glitching out on me a little bit. Yeah, sure. I no apologize. Problem. No worries. Who is the Philadelphia Flyers mascot? Oh, is it is it gritty? I believe it's gritty. There you go. You got Correct. it. Very good. <clears throat> All right. How are we doing over there? Are we still glitchy? Uh, still a little bit, but uh, I'm catching most of it. Okay. I'll, I'll slow down a little bit here. Uh, so this Flyers team last won a Stanley Cup in the 1970s. What is their nickname? Oh. We'll give you a hint. They're known as the Bullies. As the what, sorry? The Bullies. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Want to uh, drop them another hint? I'm not sure. It's a certain street uh, that we are on. It's uh Broad Street Bullies ring any bells? No, I'm, I'm sorry. I've, I'm <laughs> out of the okay, loop. Man. Don't be sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'll throw you up another easy one. You ready? What is the name of the Flyers' new head coach? John Tortorella. There you go. There we go. Right back on top. <laughs> and you're, if you had to choose, this is kind of a, you know, it's a answer at your own risk here. Who, if you had to pick a favorite flyer, who is it and why? Say that one more time for me here. Yeah, sure. If you had to pick a favorite flyer, who is it and why? Jeez, I'm not sure. Uh, Chris Pronger, Eric Lindros, Mike Walter. Richards, Claude Giroux. Yeah, I'd probably go with Giroux. Oh, okay. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he is. Um, Absolutely. So, Jack, I'm going to try something here real quick. I'm going to drop off and pop back on. Uh, so feel free to ask uh, Charlie a question. I'll be right back. Sure. Go ahead. All right, Charlie, it's just you and me. I'll ask you more about yourself here. If I, you get, I get glitchy or whatever, just let me know. 
Um, I actually what, can hear you a lot better. Sorry for interrupting. Uh, no, perfect. Who? Um, so what? Who did you watch mostly growing up? Uh, first, I'll start with the team, and then we'll get in the players. Well, I'm from old, so uh, the closest team to me would be Calgary. So I've always been a Calgary fan and uh, uh, cheered for them. My dad always took us to games growing up, and uh, so I would have to choose Calgary. Okay, so is that uh, if I were to ask you players, is Johnny Hockey going to pop right up to the top of that list? Is Johnny Hockey sorry? Is he going to pop to the top of that list of players that you watched? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, he's going to be here in Philly. I, I was going to say future fly. <laughs> <laughs> he's coming. Homeboy's coming home. Um, anybody else like off the radar though that maybe um, some of us over here on the East Coast don't really watch that closely? Hmm. Um. I mean, I think just on Calgary, I think Markstrom. If I heard your quest question correctly, I think he had a great playoff series, and uh, I, it was really impressive to watch, especially in that Dallas series. I thought he was spectacular. No, it's sure perfect. Was. Exactly what I was asking. That was perfect. Um, remember when you guys signed him? I thought that was a. That was huge for you. So, yeah, basically, Jim just asked him who he was watching growing up, and he's a Calgary Flames fan, which led to the uh, obvious Johnny Hockey talk. And oh, very nice. There you go. Yeah, very, very nice. Um, all right, so let's get to your player profile a little bit here, Charlie. Uh, first off, number 47. Does that number mean something to you uh, specifically? Why would you pick number 47? Well, you know what? I was uh, I went in when I signed. I asked for number eight. That was always my number growing up. And um, after that, I didn't really care. And I ended up just being given 47. And I've fallen in love with it since. I don't think I'll ever go back. And um, there was no choosing it or anything. I was just lucky enough to get a number that I could end up falling in love with. Oh, there you go. So it ended up maybe being good luck. Um, what was it about number eight that you liked? Uh, I'm not sure. It was just, my dad once told me that D men numbers are number two to eight. So eight was the highest. And that was what I went with. There you go. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Now you got 47. So a little bit higher than eight. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so what got you into hockey? How did you fall in love with the sport? I know, you know, you're obviously from Canada. It's pretty much in your blood up there. Right. So, uh, how did you get involved and, and what do you love about the game? I think just my dad, he just put me in hockey when I was uh, four years old and um, I just fell in love with it right away. I've always loved skating. I think I could probably go on the ODR or just any ice and just skate all day long. And um, I think probably the number one thing I love about hockey is just the teammates and the people you get to meet that you might not get to if you hadn't played hockey and those relationships will last a lifetime. I love it. So you sound a little person, uh, personable there. Like you, you enjoy the camaraderie. It sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, so I have some character attributes here. Uh, two of the things that stuck out to me were tenacious in not letting mistakes get you down, and mentally strong and focused on what is next. So, two huge uh, words there: tenacious and, and mentally strong. I I absolutely love that about not just you know, uh, athletes, but human beings in general, uh, when you, when you describe yourself in this way, um, you know, where does that come from? Where does your, where, where does your mental toughness come from and your tenacity come from? 
Uh, I would say my parents for sure have uh, driven all that into me. And um, then for sure, just, just trying to look into the present and not look too far ahead or, or behind you and worry about the mistakes and just take it shift by shift and always give it a hundred percent. Cause uh, my dad always said, if you're not going to do something a hundred percent, there's no point in doing it half fast. So you might as well just put your best effort out there. There you go. So true. Great advice. Uh, two other things here I want to bring up. So caring for the people around you and you have here, you want to make the people around you better. Do you know how important that is to, to I'm sure hockey teams and, you know, businesses in general, when you have somebody who not only wants to be the best themselves, but wants to make the people around them better. Those people are extremely important. Where does this come from? What, why do you have that in you? Why do you want to make the people around you better? Uh, I would for sure say a lot of that comes from my parents again. Uh, my dad just, he works so hard uh, waking up early in the morning and then he gets right to work. And I know that he does that for me and my three sisters and my mom and um, just wanted to, to help us out in any way possible and give us every opportunity to be successful. And I think um, just giving other people every opportunity to be successful themselves is something that's really important to me. Outstanding. Jack, you have anything you want to add on there before we move on to uh, some competitive strengths? Oh, that's what I was going to get into. And okay. <clears throat> one line that I, I read that one of these uh, articles I was looking up for you, um, the line I think I liked the most was because it's exactly what the, our team could use here from a defenseman. Um, it said you went a little unnoticed at times, which for a defenseman is always good. Um, I lost my spot. Hang on one second. It was uh, uneventful play. Now, Jim, is that not exactly what uh, the Flyers defensemen are looking for here? <laughs> yeah. When yeah. You, you don't think ghost anymore, gossip spare, when you think Flyers were eventful in a good way. You think of a disaster in your own zone. So I just, just if you could just touch on that, you're a defenseman. They have, it's a couple of the words I see are safe, uneventful. Are you more of a stay-at-home defenseman? Is that what you modeled your game around? What, what do you view yourself as? Uh, I would still consider myself a two-way defenseman. Um, I don't think I portrayed all the offensive side of the game that uh, I have this year for sure, but um, I know I have that offensive side. And But my defensive side is definitely my roots and uh, taking care of my own zone and uh, not getting beat is something I take pride in. I, I, I hate to get beat and lose battles and whatever else, so... Uh, the defensive side of my game is definitely the roots of my game, but I also love to join the rush and support the rush in any way I can. So we got some uh, offensive potential being unlocked here still too. Okay. It did, it did note that you do, will jump up, um, but it seems like you're very smart about it, uh, which is always good. Yeah. Because uh, I, I hate to compare everything to the current flyers. because it's so bad. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> just That's a smart move and I appreciate it. <laughs> Let's get to player comparables then, since we're you know we're talking about style of play. So you have three players on your list here, uh, Charlie. That that you know you you maybe want to compare your game to. Who are those players? Uh, the first person that comes to mind for me is definitely Josh Morrissey with the uh, Winnipeg Jets. He's just uh, he's such a great skater and solid defenseman. He just has such great hockey sense, and 
uh, can break the puck out with ease and then uh, can continue to join the rush afterwards and uh, help his team offensively as well. And then uh, for second and third players, I would I would probably choose McDonough and Slavin. They're a bit bigger guys, but um, they they are also great skaters, and uh, their roots of their game kind of from come from the defensive side, and uh, they can break pucks out and have great sticks and gap as well. I would say those are some pretty good players. How about you, Jack? For sure, and for one thing I'm seeing on your profile, as well as all three players you named, uh, the word leadership is coming up a lot. Um, obviously, you wrote it down here, but is that something you take a lot of pride in and really show your teammates? You say you care about everybody, I want to make them better, but I keep seeing the word leadership. So how much what does that mean to you from coming from you? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the most important way to, to lead is by example. I mean, you can't tell someone to start working hard if you're not working hard. And uh, just trying to be the hardest worker in the room, I think, is the best form of leadership. It just pushes everyone else to try and keep up. And uh, that's that's how I try and make the teammates around me and people around me better. I love that. Uh, I hope the Flyers are looking at this. I hope they're looking at you, Charlie. I really do. Um, I'm scrolling down a little bit more here, and I'm looking at, personal favorite quote of yours time is free but it's priceless you can't own it but you can you can use it you can't keep it but you can spend it once you've lost it you can never get it back what's that quote mean to you and why is it your favorite uh, i learned that from our mental performance coach and uh when i heard it i kind of just it kind of just reminded me that you never get this moment back and you never get this day back and you always have to make the most of the moment so you might as well put 100% of yourself in everything you do. That's outstanding. And how old are you again, Charlie? I'm, uh, I turned 18 just in October, last October. That's phenomenal. The reason I say that is because I didn't understand what you just said until maybe I hit 30, 31. <laughs> yeah. So to, to realize this at your age, at 18, I think says a lot. And uh, it's a big... I, I think testament to maybe your maturity as an 18 year old to realize you only ever have right now. So, you know, that that's amazing that, that you can think that way uh, at your age. So kudos to you. That's a, that's a huge, uh, not just hockey wise too, in, in life in general. So that's outstanding stuff there. Um, looking you. over some achievements here and accomplishments. And I got to tell you the first one that stands out to me, are you ready? Is oh, the yeah. Kiwanis Piano Award for the best written piece in 2017. You play the piano? I do. I took quite a few years of piano. I'm not sure how, ex how many exactly, but uh, I passed my grade six, I believe, exam, whatever it's called. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I know how to play the piano. I haven't played in a few years, but uh, since I moved away from home, but uh, I still fun. remember how to play a few notes. That's phenomenal. I, I wish I would have knew this, you know, a couple hours before we had you on. Do you, do you have a piano at home? I do. I would have asked you to bring the piano on, have you play us a song on there. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome, man. It's hard <laughs> to play the piano. Uh, yeah, it, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this makes it sound you wrote your own piece. I did. It wasn't too advanced. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh yeah i def i did and um i ended up winning that contest or whatever 
Outstanding. Wow. Charlie Amadeus Wright. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh i'm also seeing here so it looks like you kind of do it all so i'm seeing first place yeah. zones for hurdles in two, 2017 is that track yeah track and field that's outstanding so quick story here so i once was forced to join the hurdle team when i was in high school i i don't like track and field i didn't like running i grew up playing soccer and i was forced onto the hurdle team because i needed a fourth guy my friend's dad spent two maybe three months teaching me how to run hurdles properly. The time came for my first race, tripped over the first hurdle. That was the end of that. Fell <laughs> flat on my face. So I know that's hard. Do it, running the hurdles is hard. So for you to, to place first, man, you, you could do it all. You want to talk about uh, running the hurdles a little bit here? How'd you get into that? Uh, I was just, uh, that was in grade seven, I believe. So it was a few years ago, but um yeah, I was just, uh, I joined the school track team and I ended up making the hurdles and I made a few other events too for my school. And uh, I ended up winning counties, which is just a few small towns. And then I went on to zones, which is some of Calgary and even some, some bigger, some bigger areas. And yeah, I ended up winning. Wow. So you just, you, you do it all, man. You're a Renaissance man. You play the piano, you run the hurdles. Uh, you win Defenseman of the Year for Bantam uh, AAA. Red Deer, you want to talk about that? Yeah, I, uh, that was just for the team. And, um, yeah, I just had a good year there in Bantam. And, I would uh, say so. <laughs> and uh, the year after that actually was the big one, and that was in Midget for uh, NAX. And um, I ended up winning Defenseman of the Year in the entire league, which was pretty cool. And uh yeah it was i couldn't have done it without my teammates and coaches so uh i owe a lot to them but yeah that, those are pretty special awards for me outstanding outstanding this, charlie this ahead, list Jay. of accomplishments and it makes me want to take my playstation and throw it out the window <laughs> <laughs> like my god it's pretty impressive right yeah, and, i threw my whole everything there's no filler in here like everything makes sense you're you're a good leader, but you show that you're a good person on and off the ice, which are leadership qualities. Like everything weaves together. It's not, there's no filler, you know, it's, it's, this is you, it's real. And it's, um, it's quite impressive. Thank you. Thank you very much. Do you own a PlayStation, Charlie? I do not. No, I, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> what do you, uh, what do you do in your, your free time? Do you hunt fish? Um, one of my favorite pastimes, and I'm just starting to get into golf too, but uh, one of my favorite sports to do right now away from hockey is actually spike ball. I, I love, if you guys have seen that before, I love uh, getting a few buddies and just going into a field and hitting the ball around. That's when you, you, you hit the ball on the, uh, like the little trampoline, right? You spike it on there. That's why yeah. it's called spike ball, I guess. Yeah, it looks yeah. fun. So you get pretty mm -hmm. competitive with that, I guess, huh? Oh, yeah, for sure we do. That's that's fun, Jack. You ever play spike ball? I've never heard of it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess I was saving a princess in a tower, my fake game. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it played on the beach a lot. It looks like a lot of fun, but now I don't know if I have the uh, the same speed that I had when I was 18. You know, oh. I would smack the ball and come up and hit me hit me back right in the face here. <laughs> so, um, you know, one more thing that I just scrolled down your accomplishments a bit here, and you know, I, you know, maybe you thought you could get away with this, but you won the high school badminton award 
You played badminton? Uh, yeah, I did. Can you talk about uh, that a little bit, please? That's because that's another like did not expect to see uh, you you be a piano player. Did not expect to see you run the hurdles, and, and now you won the award for for badminton. <laughs> yeah, so that was the same kind of thing as hurdle or uh, the track and hurdle stuff. So I just ended up trying out for the school team, and uh, after the hockey season, and I made it, and I ended up going to counties like i said and i won that and then i went to zones and i ended up placing second at zones so not quite as good as hurdles but kind of that same area where there's there's some academy kids and guys who actually play the sport who are showing up and playing and i competed pretty well in that that's awesome dude it looks like a fun sport mm. you ever oh, play yeah. badminton i love Jack? badminton too get yeah. out really so if you, if you weren't a professional hockey player, would you say maybe professional badminton would be next on the list? Uh, probably baseball, then badminton. All right. You watch baseball? Yeah. Yeah, I watch a little bit. Not too much. Toronto, but I guess? If it's on the TV. Yeah, same with me. Yeah, if it's on TV, I'll watch it. I'd, I'd rather go to the game. The baseball right. games are fun to hang out at. Um. All right, let's get let's get back into um hockey a little bit. We're we're about twenty two minutes in, so we'll let you drop off in just a few minutes here. Uh, obviously, the NHL draft is now just a couple weeks away, man. What are you feeling? What's kind of going through you your mind? Are you getting nervous yet, or is it still kind of too far away for you? Uh, uh for sure it's on your mind, but uh, like I said, we're at the beginning. Um, it's kind of like I've done everything I can now, other than these kind of interviews and um. I get more nervous for these kind of interviews if I'm being honest, but uh, I'm always super excited and um, I'm just excited for that day and uh, see what happens and where I go. We're excited for you too, Charlie. And if it makes you feel any better, I was telling the guys last week, we had uh, we had uh, one of your buddies on, I can't remember his name right now, but I was telling the guys, I think I get more nervous for the prospect uh, interviews than I do for, you know, if, if we were to get on, I don't know, like Danny Briere or somebody, because, you know, you just never know sometimes if, if you guys are going to give short answers. Like you could tell you, you like that. You like people. You seem like a people guy. You like to talk a little bit. Some of the guys will get on and it's kind of one or two word answers. And it's like, oh, man, like I got to pull out all the questions tonight, you know, to fill up <laughs> 20 minutes here. So, yeah, we get a little nervous, too, believe it or not. And we've been doing this for how many years now, Jack, four or five years. And, four you know, the plus, only yeah. yeah, the only time that I'll really get like nervous is when i have one of you guys on so you know don't feel bad we're all a little bit nervous glad um, we're in the same boat yeah man uh, <laughs> jack you have anything you want to add in for charlie before you uh, let him go for the night just two questions uh the first one is and if, if you don't want to answer these you don't have to it's no big deal i don't know what you're allowed to say and whatnot um you've been talking to teams is there any team you've been talking to that you feel really really might take a stab at you and also coupled with that, do they give you an idea of where they think you might be drafted? Like what round at least, or is it completely up in the air? Uh, I don't hear too much. I try and kind of stay away from that. I don't really want to mess with my head or whatever else, uh, but my, my agents deal with that and um, they're great with it. And um yeah, I haven't heard much yet, but I'm sure closer to the draft, I'll hear a lot more. It's going to pick up again. Okay. Is there any, right. uh, do you, I'm sure you don't care where you go, but is there any preference uh, outside of Calgary, I guess, where you, you grew up watching or anything? 
Remember that you're on a Philadelphia podcast. Dude. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say actually, right now Philadelphia. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but uh, really any team, right? It's a dream come true growing up in Canada and playing hockey. Um, just getting drafted is a dream come true, and um, I'm sure we will celebrate no matter what team takes me. Okay, last question. Are we I've heard this so i gotta ask it um during these interviews with these teams i've heard that there are some really strange questions that they just ask you i don't know if they're just trying to see how you respond what your emotional response is but apparently they throw some weird ones at you have they done anything like that and could you give us an example if they have um i remember i was doing not directly but we were doing a form for a team all the prospects on saskatoon and there was a couple odd questions there and it was like find the fraction that's different and it was like three out of nine four out of 12 and seven out of 11 or something and but they were a little bit more mixed up than that and just weird stuff like that. And you're like, is there a right answer here? But um, whatever, you you respond the best way you can and uh, go on from there. Yeah, and this is an honor student telling us this. This is yeah, not anybody just say it now. So, yeah, they, they, it feels like they're always trying to trick you. And there is no right answer. They just want to see how you respond. And then who knows where they go with that. But so right. far, nothing, nothing asked to you. Nothing like silly. Just a little questionnaire so far. Uh, nothing I can think of right now. All right, um, it's coming. <laughs> sorry, sorry to disappoint, but uh, I'm trying. I'm. I'll think. Don't force I can it. Think of anything uh, by, by the don't end. force it. It's fine. <laughs> but I get an answer to that question more often than not, so I, I had to. I had to ask. So just in case. Mm. The math one would have stumped me. As soon as I would have saw oh, the yeah. numbers, I would have been out. That's just it. I mean, there has to be a wrong answer. Might <laughs> like, have been done. If I don't answer, can I still get it wrong? <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, Charlie, we're almost a half an hour in. Dude, it was a, a pleasure having you on, man. Like, it was really easy talking to you. Uh, sorry I threw you off with the Philadelphia questions in the beginning there. Um, but maybe if we if – we, hey, maybe if the Flyers draft you – you, you should brush up on your Philadelphia knowledge again. We'll have you back on. We'll ask you the same questions. Maybe you go five for five. Right. Well, it was glitching <laughs> out on me at the start, too. Oh, okay. It's right. a little better, but that, yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. excuse. Yeah, we'll go with the glitch. All right, don't worry yeah. about it. But don't um, ask me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, you got it. You got it, boss. Uh, Jack, any, any last thoughts for Charlie before we uh, wish him well and let him go? No, that's just it. I wish you the best. Based on what I read on your profile, I would love it if the uh, Flyers added you to our uh, prospect pool. And if they do, we're the first interview. Fair enough. Awesome. Yes. Remember us forever. You have two new fans here tonight, Charlie, and uh, we'll be you know, watching, obviously, the NHL draft and, and hoping we get to see your name called. We'll be rooting for you. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be following your career from, from here on out. So thanks for hanging out. Thanks for giving us your time. And uh, maybe we can talk again soon. Absolutely. Hopefully I'm uh, back on here with you guys soon. So thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Outstanding. Uh, good luck with everything, man. I wish you all the best and, you know, have a great career. Thank you. Good yeah, luck. Buddy. Talk to you. I'm sure I'll be fine. Yes, sir. All right, Charlie, we'll let you drop off. Take care, pal.
You guys as well. Thank you. Thanks. All right, there he is, Mr. Charlie Wright of the Saskatoon Blades. Man, what a good kid. He's going to be the first Wright to go in the draft. Yeah, outstanding. Um, dude, so not to – I mean, John Tortorella was just hired for the Flyers. There it is. Changing gears a little bit. Immediately. We, uh, went a little bit uh, uh, over with Charlie, but surprising in a good way, right? Because I'm always like, man, how are we going to fill up 20 minutes with you know a, a, a prospect's uh, – for example, the, the guy I had on last week, very nice guy. Don't get me wrong. We were, you know, we kicked it off before the show. We were talking for, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy's a talker. We're going to fill some space. Show comes on and it's like, oh my God, we're 10 minutes in and I'm out of question. So, <laughs> you know, it was cool that we, we filled a half an hour with Charlie. Um, but yeah, John Tortorella, new head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. Jack, your thoughts? I mean, 10 out of 10, maybe 9.5 because it's not trots. Like, I absolutely love it. Um, I don't understand much of – I haven't seen much, but there are they are out there. Criticism against it. I What did you want outside of trots? Like, what were you looking for that this guy does not bring to the table? You want somebody with a proven track record? Check. Somebody who's going to bring accountability? Check. Somebody who's going to take some of these athletes and figure out who is needs to be here and who needs to go? Check. So, what else? I don't understand what else you need. He's been around. He's successful. When if you didn't think he was successful before, once he took Columbus and made them what they were, like, come on. Like, what else do you need? Do you think he's going to be mean to the players? Does that really bother you? If any team needed it, it's this team. So 100% on board, love it, can't lose. If things go south for this team, at least we're going to get some bad blood out of here. So I don't know how else you can view this except for a win. I would agree. I'm just – I was going to do a thing where I was going to read off some bad tweets, and, you know, the first one that came up, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I'm going to read it for you. Ready? Yeah. So, Every team in the NHL should make a pact to score Michigan on the Flyers next season. Then the broadcast oh, should immediately pan to the bench and zoom in on Tortorella. Do you think we're going to see a lot more of that, try, like try to against the Flyers next year? I mean, I don't know if it'll be against the Flyers, but yeah, you're going to see more of that circus stuff. And I'm not necessarily against it. It's the way the league is. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a skill show like that. Like, you know, Tortorella was kind of leaning into how it might get ridiculous. I don't think that'll be the case because there are teams that will rock you for doing that. Um, but I do think you're going to see more of this creativity. And that's all it is. I would never disliked it. Like if I were him in that situation, you're covered on both sides. Why not do that? You know, so I would never hate on that. I'm all about it. Should ask Charlie what he thought, what he thinks about the mission. I, yeah, I know. Right. Have you been practicing? Yeah. Uh, no, it's, or defending it, practice defending it, maybe. I mean, that's more of a legit question, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, why not? If it works, why wouldn't you? I'm, there's things all throughout history of any sport when somebody did something for the first time or something like that. There was just people who pushed back and were like, oh, this is BS and this isn't how the game is supposed to be played, and yada, yada, yada. And then 10, 15 years later, it's like the norm. You're, you, you now know how to defend against it. And whatever so yeah i've no i have no issues with it i expect to see more of it not at a crazy rate but a respectable rate and why not it's yeah. fun uh all right let's move on to our next one here this is from our very own josh bright so josh tweets i have a fantasy that john tortorella walks into the Voorhees skate zone for the first time and sees ivan provorov and his girlfriend on the ice making a tiktok with his golden retriever what does that say to you <laughs> 
for the tw- for the incident itself, I can't say for much, but Torts versus Provorov is going to be something. Yeah. And versus might be the wrong term, but it also might be the right term. I don't know. And I can't wait to find out because if there's one player on this entire roster who I've been, I guess disappointed is the worst. It's the best word. Um, and it's more like a disappointed, like when your parents tell you they're disappointed, you know, like that feeling. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm just incredibly disappointed. At that point, I was like, just hit me and get it over with. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, like I when he got drafted, I leaped out of my seat. I've lost my mind. I killed Jim. Um, you know, and to see how and it's not all his fault. It's not. He's been on a losing team, losing mentality that he didn't bring here. It just was here and he hasn't necessarily helped. But to start to see his change were like it's the fans are just harsh. The media is just too tough. Like I'm not the problem and he's really not the problem, but he could certainly be more of the solution too. And is always some kind of excuse and whatnot. I've seen him in high pressure situations, make mistakes way too often than I expected. I've seen him be very reliant on who his defensive partner is, who that's not as big as a deal if I make it seem, but it's still kind of a deal based on where he was drafted and how good I think we all thought he was going to be. And I do think a co- after what we've seen, especially that extra interview, bringing in a coach like Torts, and I've already heard whispers. I won't say rumblings, but whispers that Provorov already might be out as it is. I, I really am curious to see how this comes together. Yeah, it's and it's interesting because obviously the first guy that everybody brings up is Travis Konechny, and we'll get to him in a second. <clears throat> but I'm, I think Ivan Provorov might be a little bit more fragile. His ego might be a little bit more fragile. Like, Konechny is is just what he is. Like, I don't know if Konechny has the same ego. I think he's just – I don't know if he plays the style that Torch is going to want him to play. Ivan Provorov, I think, has an ego. And I don't think he's the type of person or player. And that could be way off. Right. So if anyone's listening to this, you know, Ivan Provorov personally, feel free to let me know I'm wrong. I don't think he's the kind of person that will be willing. I don't think he'll respond to Tortorella the way that we would hope. I feel like he's the type of guy that would just shut him out and maybe ask for a trade. That's what I think of Ivan Provorov. If based off what we've heard this past season, right, because before this season, I'm like, Make him captain. This is the kind of guy we want. He's playing with one shoulder in a playoff series, or right. he's this, he's that. You know, he's a machine. Um, but after this year, I mean, there was a clear lack of focus or something going on uh, on the ice. And then what we heard off of it, I mean, this guy's already got destinations picked out in his mind. And not that he's going, not that he has a say in where he goes, but but just you know, we're hearing those things, and now Tortorella's here and. Some players, I think, you know, a coach like Tortorella can get through to. Travis Konechny might be that kind of player, uh, but I don't think Ivan Provorov will respond well to John Tortorella. But we'll see. We'll see. I could be 100% wrong. I hope I am. I, I love Provorov. I would love to see Provorov excel under John Tortorella and, and you know, up his game. And, hey, maybe we're talking about you know, in a year or two, Ivan Provorov and Norris conversation, whatever. Cause, but he, he has the skill, right? Jack, like he's not a bad player. He has the skill. 
something's gone on the last year or two where, you know, it hasn't been able to be unlocked. And maybe Torts is the guy to do it. Who knows? Yeah, you don't get drafted seventh overall where the first two picks were McDavid and Eichel without having the skill. You know, it's there. We all know it's there. And we've seen flashes for sure. He's just too reliant on other players on the team, which isn't that crazy when you think about it, but it's how he's handled it that really, really irks people. And he just looks like a player who's defeated and irked and would love a fresh start somewhere else. Like you can't tell me you watched that exit interview and thought if he got traded tomorrow, he'd be in a better place. Like mm-hmm. personally, like mentally, yeah, he would. Now it doesn't work that way. And I hope, I, I feel, I hope he has, is having an Alec bomb moment where he's just like, pissy in the moment but doesn't actually mean it i doubt that's the case however winning cures everything so if they get this thing back on track in some way shape or form they don't have to go win the cup because you know that's not happening but if they're just competitive if they can just do enough and he comes back in the form and a big part of this is ellis playing the majority of the season and being his partner consistently then that can change some things Everything I just said feels like a best case scenario, though. That's the mm. problem, even with Torts. And yeah. then when things go south and Torts has to be the hard ass, I I can see Konechny being taking it better than Provorov. I think Provorov would be – this is all speculation. He just strikes me personally as a disinterested, yeah, yeah, yeah type. Where Konechny, like, he's just like – you just can't control him. Like he'll listen to you and he'll, he'll try and then he'll just fall back into some of his habits and try for the home run pass and whatnot. And I can't blame him for that. Like I, I think he's respectful. I think he tries where Provorov, I feel like has this ego where he's like, whatever I did at work before you guys fix you, you know, and I'll be here. And that, that's not good. And I, this is a big year to prove me wrong. And that's why I say speculation, prove us wrong. So a lot of us feel this way. We see it in your body language. We see it in your play. We see it from the words from your lips to the media. So I think this is perfect. It's an example of quote-unquote bad blood. If Tortorella can come in here and see who's worth keeping and who's worth moving on from, you got to be able to take coaching. I mean, so far this team has been coach killers. So come on. Like this guy's going to bring accountability. He has a track record. He has it all. He has a ring. You can't tell me it's the team again after this. You can't. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's transition a little bit to Travis Konechny here and and how we think he's different from Provorov. I found it interesting because we were, I mean, in my mind, Konechny's all but gone, right? And then when they hired Tortorella, it kind of reiterated that thought uh, that Konechny's gone. And, and not because Konechny is not a good player. It's because he's a good player that, you know, the Flyers, he's, he's, he's a, I get, they have a surplus at wing, right? And if they want to get something good back, Konechny's the guy you move, right? That's why, in my mind, Konechny's gone. Because if they want to improve the roster and turn over roster at the same time, he's one of the guys. The other guy is JVR, obviously, but Konechny's, you know, second on the list. Um, and, you know, when, when John Tortorella talks about the style of hockey that he's going to instill in this team, Travis Konechny doesn't really uh, fit in that kind of box for me and uh you know he's more of a skill player Konechny you know he creates offense uh the problem with that is he's not elite or he's not a top line player right he's second 
uh, you know, and you could play top line at times, but if Travis Konechny is consistently on your top line, probably I've said it before, you're probably not a very good hockey team. And uh, I don't know. If I was a betting man, I would bet that Konechny's not here. If he is, Jack, do you, do you think he becomes a better player under Tortorella, or do you think he kind of just stays the same or gets worse? I don't think he gets worse. I think he might not produce as much as we like, but I do think overall he would become a better player. I think he would be better defensively in the neutral zone, in his own zone. I do think you'd see improvements there. Uh, I'm not saying he'll be on the penalty kill or anything like that, but I do think he will produce uh, for what Tortorella wants. Uh, I'm not going to see, I'm not expecting an uptick in stats that might have a lot to do with who Fletcher brings in more than Tortorella, but he's going to preach defense and, you know, connecting getting older and, and he's not going to be more of a Rover. I think he's going to, understand that this is our how many coaches have we been through now um it's obviously something needs to be done he i think he wants to win i think the compete to win for connecting is bigger than anything he wants to do on his own and i do think i don't know if it'll be perfect but i do think you will see a better defensive awareness from Konechny. We'll just go with awareness. I'm not going to say play. I'm not going to say highlight real plays or steals or anything, but I do think that he will be more conscious of his own defensive play and what that means to getting on offense and moving things along and being a team player. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's, let's get into the coach a little bit then. Um, so some quotes here uh, from Tortorella. So, my job is to push athletes to levels they aren't used to getting to, and I'm going to do that, right? Makes no mistake about it. He's going to force you to be better. He's going to take you to the next level, right? So number one, if, if you're an athlete, if you're on the Philadelphia Flyers and you hear this, I mean, in, in your mind, I mean, if you have an ego, and we all do, the first thing that you're going to feel is probably a little bit of maybe fear or you're going to be questioning what the hell does that mean? Like I'm in the NHL. I mean, like what level is it going to take me to? Where else can I possibly get? How can I be better? You know, um, from, from what we hear, Tortorella's training camps uh, involve a lot of running and running sucks. Like, let's face it. Running sucks in any sport, you know? And if, if it's not the game, if, if you're running for practice, you know, you're running to get in shape. It's not fun. Right. And, and for players, former players to comment, you know, whether it's in GIFs or tweets, you know, uh, John Tortorella, I, I think it was uh, Anthony Stewart posted something, said John Tortorella's training camp. And it was just Forrest Gump running. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that's not fun. And if, if you're I'll speak from my perspective, uh, if I'm an athlete. And all I see on the summer training list is run, run, run. Or when we get to camp, it's going to be all running. I have, I'll have genuine fear. I will fear that camp or, or that, that schedule. Uh, so I'm trying to put myself in the players, uh, in the player's shoes. And that would make me feel uneasy, you know, because you're pushing yourself running. It sucks. It's torture. I mean, busting your, uh, you know, it's Jack, you played sports. I mean, running, uh, not just running because I don't want to make it sound like just running and they're going to be doing other things. They're going to be pushing themselves to the limit, but it sucks doing that. 
you know, and you're going to, they're going to have to do that every single day. They're going to be doing that in practice this year, you know, in, in, in the past, or, you know, even growing up, you play the game. Once you make the team, you play the game and then practices are when you kind of just hang out, you go over strategies and stuff. You're not busting your ass in practice anymore. From what it sounds like during practices, these guys are going to be busting their asses all year long. And it's, it's necessary with this group. What do you think about that, Jack? If it works and it should, I love it. I understand what you're saying about that anxiety with the running, but like this is a team that notoriously can't start games, takes periods off, particularly the second period. You know, they trying to like coast through the game and then late 10 minutes in the third, they're like, okay, let's go. Uh, this he's not going to allow them to do that. And he's going to have them conditioned enough to play the full 60, which yeah, might suck in the summer, but no, no offense. This has been an absolute joke the last two years, like records setting joke. So I don't care how much they run. They got to do whatever he wants them to do because he's got a track record and they don't, they have a, their track records, a joke. So, yeah, they're going to need to be conditioned to play the way he need, wants to play the game. And I did hear a couple of – I don't remember how long ago it was, but Michael Delzato was on a podcast, and it, he, he was on the Tortorella twice, once with the Rangers and I believe, yeah, once with the Columbus. And he, he didn't necessarily like him at first, but he, he wishes he knew, like, the second time around when he was younger, if he, it clicked for him. You know, when he was younger, that it did when he was older. He gets what he's doing for these players and what it means. And I just think if he can get, and now that he's like a little bit softer, because you have to be for these players now, Tortorella's a little pulled back. Uh, if he can get through and understand that, like, listen, under doing this and being prepared and preparation and all that, Delzato also, they were playing playoff hockey in like the early months of the season because. He didn't really care about preseason, but he was. they were conditioned enough, they were prepared enough, they were healthy enough, that they were beating teams, that New York team that he ran, not the AV team, the Torrell team, that they shouldn't have beaten. They, they were beating teams that they were not skillfully better than. And what does this team have? A lack in talent. So if, if they he can get – that's why he has players overachieve. So if he can do that with this team, and it starts with his training camps – well, let me remind you of another coach who got more out of his players, who was an asshole. You remember Mike Keenan in the 80s? Maybe you don't remember, but have you heard of him? <laughs> like, yeah, that team went to two Stanley Cups, and they played Wayne Gretzky's Edmonton Oilers, and then went to Game 7. They were that close to beating the probably greatest team who ever played in the NHL, and he had the death skate. You know, the players remember that. You know, that was horrid, and they tried to avoid that at all costs because he knew how bad it was. So do what you got to do to get where you got to be. And before you know it, the team will have the conditioning. They'll have, they'll be able to overcome their lacks of skill and they will be a pretty damn good team. And you'll see why he gets more out of less. Yeah, I hope so. <clears throat> so I'm sorry. I have a quote here that says, uh, uh, so Tortorella apparently was on the Jeff Merrick show a little bit ago. Um, and he says, some players don't feel comfortable with the toughness of the game or the tough parts. And sometimes you just have to pretend. Says a lot of pretending goes on in the NHL. There are guys you may think are that guy, but they're really not comfortable with it, which I found interesting. 
Um, so he's, he's, he's trying to change mindsets, right? And uh, whether fair or, or, or unfair, the first player that comes to, come to, comes to my mind, it sounds like maybe he could be describing is, is Travis Sanheim. And, and not to any maybe fault of Sanheim, just, you know, his, his build. He's tall and skinny. Um, in the tough areas of the ice, he gets pushed around. Right, Jack? Like, oh, yeah. I, like I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not talking bad about him. I'm not making this stuff up. Like, it's a reality. It's, it's just it's reality. a reality yeah. of it. So, uh, you know, if if in your mind, if you know, if I go into the corner here, I'm going to get smoked, right? Like, uh, it sounds like he's going to be trying to change that mindset. It doesn't matter if you're going to get smoked. Get into the corner. You know, take the hit, or or, or try to smoke the other guy. You know, instead of worrying about getting smoked, give it back, right? And uh, if, if you have a team of however many players, let's say 20 players, and you change the mindset of five, six, seven guys, that spreads, right? You only really have to change a handful of guys, if even that. And and they'll start to it, – it spreads. You know, they talk to each other. Uh, the whole mindset of this team is, is going to change and – I just hope the Flyers are going to be fun to watch again, right? Like, but how bad has the mindset had to change? Yeah. How long have we been calling for this? Yeah, I mean, is it really that much that we have to ask for accountability to the pat the, the fact that they bring in a guy like Torts? Like, yeah, I mean, apparently, oh right? Like, it's crazy. The man is on his like what sixth NHL team. He's sixty-seven years old, something like that. I I, I don't know. It's just it's like. This is what it's come to. <laughs> I make it sound bad. Like they're bringing in, you know, death march or something. But like, it is a fact. Like we look at this team and we see some skill. We know that there's more there, but we can't get it out. And when another thing that it's going to change and better change, the team is getting smoked by a division rival. Nobody raises a hand. You know who raises a hand? The guy who's been back from battling cancer for like two months. How embarrassing is that? Not for Lindblom, God bless him, for the rest of the team. You have to have the guy who beat cancer now has to come out and beat the other team who's not a fighter, never was, because nobody on this team gives a shit. The emblem that Tortorella spoke about back when he was a win in a championship with the Tampa Bay Lightning, passing the Flyers to get there, back then even knew, I would love to coach for this team and this city with this passion and the, what the symbol means, seeing it on Chuck Fletcher's shirt, what it means, how important it is. Nobody on this team, very few, I'll say very few on this team, understand that concept, how important it is to wear this symbol, what it means, how important that is. It's like a lost concept among these players. And that's that's embarrassing. And that needs to change immediately. And I think he is the first step into at the very least i don't know how much they're gonna win but at the very least showing that when you put this sweater on it effing means something and you better prove that it means something because yeah we may be tough here in philly but if you just show you give a damn that's all it's gonna take and if the whole team shows that they'll be twice as good as they were last year for sure and something i found interesting is cam atkinson was here for a year and in exit interviews he, he didn't come out and say it like this, but he knew this group needed John Tortorella. He was only here for a season, and he was like, the only thing that can save this team is John. Like, they need Torts. Like, we need Tortorella here. Um, 
to me, I mean, I think we think we know the reasons why, right? There's lack of accountability. Uh, the locker room's divided. People are doing their own things. We, they don't play as a team. Um, there's just, just a lot all over the place. And, you know, I, I think what we're looking forward to is towards kind of uniting the locker room and having everybody playing the same way. You know, it's if, if everybody on the team is, is busting their ass and you look around the locker room, it's like, uh, you know, you still feel good. It's uh, it's I can't really describe it. Like I, I brought it up before in past episodes, even if you lose the game, but you look around the locker room and you know, everybody busted their ass. You, it's still a sense of pride, right? You can still you still feel like, all right, well, you know, we threw the kitchen sink at them. You know, eventually this is going to turn. But, uh, you know, if, if, if you don't give it your all, I mean, and you're in the locker room with these guys, you can easily identify who's who's not playing the same way that you are. You know, and it's, uh, you know, if they're making more money than you, they have a longer contract than you. It's maybe it's a demoralizing feeling and that spreads just as easily as positivity spreads. Negativity spreads the same way, you know, um, so it, it'll be fun. And we've said a lot in the past, you know, competition breeds uh, uh, uh positivity breeds results positive results so you know if all these if all these guys are playing the same way in the sense that they're all playing their asses off i you know good good things should come from that we're not saying they're going to win a stanley cup because don't get me on that whole thing again it's like why why make a move if you're not going to win the cup next year that whole thought process is moronic right so they hired the coach first step Right. And now the draft is what? In two weeks, Flyers are going to draft Charlie Wright, our buddy that was on the beginning of the show. I mean, things are starting to shape up a little bit here. Right, Jack? I mean, absolutely. It goes to the top of the show. Sean Tortorella was born to coach the Flyers. Any error, he could have been their head coach. It it makes sense. I'll be honest with you. Where it makes the least sense is today, unfortunately. But we're hoping he can bring us back to a flyer style of hockey where every day is that blue collar work ethic. At least you give us that we'll deal with the rest. When we were last place in Oh five Oh six or whatever year it was, people were still showing up, man. It was still, I was at fan appreciation night. People were still showing up, you know, now this joke on the ice and there's, there's not much that the, front office and the team can do about the higher ups. That's a whole nother, you know, issue. But as far as fixing the product on the ice, I could not think of a better hire outside of maybe trots. And only because he's been successful essentially everywhere, but Tortorella has been pretty damn successful himself. They both have one cup. All right. I get it. He won his way back when. Okay. But you know what? You know who else was good way back when the flyers. So let's, let's, let's come together and be good again. And just seeing what he did in Columbus, how he knocked off a dynasty in Tampa, swept them in the first round. Like, that should not be swept under the rug like it was nothing because it wasn't nothing. He had that team hard to play against. They got under the skin of that team. They didn't just beat them. Probably the biggest upset in sports history, considering it was a seven-game series and they beat him in four. Like, why wouldn't you want that guy? on your bench, having you overachieve and beating teams that you know you're not better than when you're in a division that has a Penguins team that won't die, a Rangers team who's coming from the ashes, Carolina who's stacked, Washington who also won't die, like New Jersey who could be on the up and up, 
Like, why would you not want that guy in your corner getting more out of your players? Are we done getting embarrassed yet? If a team tries to embarrass us, are we going to punch them right in the mouth? I think finally we might. Yeah. Uh, quote here for you, Jack. And maybe my most serious question for you of the night. Are you ready? So. so here's the quote from John Tortorella. Bottom line is, I want the team to be hard. I want other teams to say we have our hands full tonight. How hard do you get for John Tortorella? How hard would you get for him? I had to fix the computer screen because my table has a full 90 degree angle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You it's need me to exactly, repeat? It's exactly what you want to hear. Why would you not want to be the team that is hard to play against? Why would you want? We've seen what soft does. We, we see what we've soft seen, doesn't. We've seen how embarrassing it is to watch this team do what they did before, where they lose nine to one, eight to three to a hated division rival. Like that is the mo of the team we know today. When when push comes to shove. They fall on, fall over and tumble down the mountain. That's how bad it is to hear him say, no, 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 no more of that. There is getting anything, any inch is going to be a battle. That's what I want to hear. That's the team I grew up watching, grew up loving. I don't know what happened these last five, six years, but it sounds like there's a, there's a chance that we get back to what we were used to. And this is probably our last chance with this squad of players. Yeah. And uh, Tortorella also came out and said, this is going to be his last coaching gig. You know, he signed uh, for a four-year contract, and this is it. Uh, you know, he won a Stanley Cup back in 2004. That's a long time ago, you know. Uh, maybe he wants to win one more before he goes out. And he's the type of coach that can win, right? They have a, a proven coach here who can coach up not-so-great players and make them good and coach up good players and make them great, right? Like Cam Atkinson. Cam Atkinson, to me, was always, eh, you know, he's a nice little player. Maybe I looked at him almost like a, a connecting. I'm not comparing them. But, you know, when I thought of the Blue Jackets, I didn't necessarily think of Atkinson, even though he played there his whole career. You know what I'm saying, Jack? And yeah. <clears throat> Torts went there. And now when I think Atkinson, I think goal scorer. I think this guy scored 40 goals before, 69 points. I was happy when they got him for Voracek, and he did this under Tortorella, you know? So he's going to elevate players. I mean, and you see how he talks about him. I know, like, Matthew Barnaby and uh, somebody else came out against him. And I think to myself, did any good players come out and say anything negative against Torts? Because all I hear are fourth-line pests and was it Brandon Dubinsky, I think it was? yeah. Yeah, and you know, third line wieners. Like, come on, like all the good players, really. Scotty Hartnell himself too, in the twilight years of his career. Yeah, they butted heads, but at the end of the day, he respected the shit out of Torts. That's yeah. that's on that's on file. Him saying that, like, absolutely like, good. Yeah. So when the good players come out, Zach Rowinski, did you see that tweet? Yeah. And yep. and see Cam's uh, response. Yep. Yeah, hilarious. But the point is respects him you know yeah. and that's a these are new age guys you know so like respect like it's it's amazing how quick even hartnell said as hard as he was when he came in there they turned him around fast 
turn it around real fast. That Columbus had only made the playoffs twice in their existence, and he took them to four straight playoffs, just like that. Come on. I'm hoping I'm hoping we're all hard when Torts, you know, finally gets his hands on this team, when he finally gets his hand around this, you know. I'm hoping we're all just hard. I hope I hope from from you know Sean Couturier to Ivan Provorov, Carter Hart to you, me, uh, everybody on Twitter. I hope everybody's hard for the Flyers this year. They need to be. We need to be hard. Yes. Should we <laughs> should we end on that? I thought what I said was bad. That took the cake. Um, it, it's hard. <laughs> To end, because I'm I'm so excited for Trots. It is you don't win-win. want it to end. It is win-win. <laughs> Jesus, it is win-win. Either they turn into a team who's competitive and wins more games. I mean, health does have a, a little bit to do with this, but they could turn things around. It, it, it's a, there's a lot involved here. It's not just a coach, but I do think they got it right. Who they bring in, who can be healthy, who can stay healthy. Just imagine what Tortorella's going to do for. For Carter Hart, mm. come on, man! Very like, true. look what he did for for uh, Bob was a good goalie here, but he was much better in Columbus. A couple of Asnes, yeah, yeah, it's a few better, better in Columbus than he is in Florida. If you ask yeah. me, I know That's he's not true. bad, but look, come on, like he was fantastic. He had young defensemen there. Seth Jones was traded there. He was still a young pup. Now look at him. You know what I mean? Like. Zach Rowinski, like he was drafted after Pro Overall. People of US today, who's the better guy? They, they take Rowinski like 9.9 out of 10. Yeah. Well, like it's he does good for his team. Like he just has a system that works. And I'm not talking about an implemented system. It's a, it's a whole off the ice, on the ice locker room, that system, whatever culture, if you want to call it that. But he wasn't big on calling it that. That takes time. You know, whatever he implements and brings, whatever who he talks to one on one. It works. It, it works. Yeah. Is it perfect? No. I don't know anybody who is. And I don't know who else you'd hire outside of, obviously, a Trots who didn't turn down a shitload of money to come here. Um, who else you would rather have based on this team's needs? Hmm. It's not It's not about this coach is better than that coach. It's about this team has very specific needs. And Tortorella checks a lot of those boxes. So, yeah, I'm all on board. Full steam ahead. I would agree. Yeah, and I, I like the way you said that because you know, maybe Trotz is the best coach, or or you know whoever is the best coach. But yeah, to your point, for this particular roster, for this organization, Tortorella is probably the guy. And I, I think what you said is very important. Um, you know, because in, in Warensky's case, yeah, don't get me wrong, he became a better player under Tortorella, but he's still improving after he's gone. Right, he left a lasting effect on this guy, and I know this is a couple years down the road here, but I'm excited for that. I'm excited for you know hard work, for passion to be back. Because you take when you bust your ass, you take pride in how you you know how you're playing. You know, Um, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for that because I think a lot of changes are coming, and I know a lot of people are laughing right now, and you know because you know Flyers hired another retread guy. You know, maybe some, and I'm not going to call anybody names or whatever. Um, a lot of people aren't crazy about Tortorella's style with the barking and oh, all that can stuff. Can I ask you a question, real quick? Sorry to interject. Yeah. But retread. What the? What do they mean by that? 
Uh, it's like uh, a guy who's, you know, Tortorella is coached in Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously, he won a cup, but he went to coach in New York. Didn't win. Coached a couple games in Vancouver. Didn't win anything. Got hired again in Columbus. Didn't win anything. Got hired again in Philly. It's like, you know, he just keeps going around the carousel. They want to give some somebody else a shot, right? Because this coach hasn't won anything since 2004. So he's a retread, well, kind of like DeBoer. Like DeBoer's a retread now because he's getting tossed around from team to team. Why does he keep getting jobs? He hasn't won anything, but he's always in the playoffs. Like I think people um, – and this kind of ties in with why would the Flyers – you know, sign a Goudreau or hire a Tortorella. They're not winning the cup next year. Do you know how hard it is to win the Stanley Cup? You have to try to win it. Like, I, I that, that we could have an entire episode, Jack, on on this train of thought because I, I, I despise it, right? It's it's such a moronic way to think. Why, why should we try to get better for next season? They're not going to win a cup. Why should we hire this coach? Even though he's been good everywhere he's gone, he's only won one Stanley Cup. That's such horseshit. I hate that train of thought. It's such a losing loser mentality. So right? which 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 coach? It, I mean, they tried for trots, so you can't say it. They didn't. But which coach is available that won a cup in the last ten years? Right, right. If it's, right. it's ridiculous, you want to do twenty. Well, then Tortorella's the answer. Great point. Yeah. Like, well, what that's coach? Absolute. You want to go hire a Dave Quinn or a Dave Haxtall? Like, because, right. oh, he's new. Let's give him a chance. Like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Are Great you kidding point. me? Like, if you know anything, about, I don't want to be disrespectful. You look at this team and its needs and the accountability. Tortorella makes sense. Could you prefer maybe somebody else a little bit different that maybe brings a little bit of this, a little bit of that? Sure. But there's no way you should hate this higher it makes no sense nobody else has i mean DeBoer, like you said retread as well cassidy okay how many cups does he have oh sorry there goes your argument hmm. like i i just don't understand i don't understand like it, who were you supposed to hire were we supposed to go with montgomery is that why yeah that's that's kind of what i said too people are people are angry so because their pref their preferred coach wasn't hired they shit on you know the the guy that they did hire, which is such so, a, a loser so way. We missed to out. Think. What other team hired him? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like we we didn't go with a Montgomery type or another type. So what team did hire them? Since we're so stupid, right? Nobody, right? Yep. Cassidy went to Vegas. The Boar went to Dallas. We picked Tortorella. Trotz is probably going to go to Winnipeg. So I'm sorry. What what did we miss here? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Like you want to take a shot in the dark. You think. That this team, who we are—I was ready to rebuild until they resigned Ristolainen, because things are so bad there throughout, up and down the organization. You're saying you want to go with a first-time head coach? That is so idiotic to me that you might as well rebuild, or you might as well just give him an eight-year contract. He's going to not be doing stuff for a while. You can't half-ass it. Either burn it to the ground or go for it. You hire Tortorella. It might not happen right away, but at least you're trying to go for it. He's not here to babysit. He's going to make everybody better. The rest is on upper management to get him the players to do that. There's no middle ground, one or the other. I don't want to be in purgatory. Either restart or go for it. So any of those other first-time coaches is a bit much bigger risk to me than Tortorella. I would agree. You know what you're getting at least. 
which I think is is a which this team needs. Thing. Yeah, check so many boxes. I just don't. I don't get it. I I really don't understand where they're coming from. Out. I don't even want to speculate. I just don't understand it. Yeah, it's um, it it comes with the territory. Some of it, like I guess, some of it is everybody has an opinion, right? So I'm not going to say that. Yeah, you can't think this way. You can't say that. People can think and say whatever they want, but a lot of it is just you know, it's very. Uh, you sound they sound like losers, to be quite frank. You I know? don't get um, it. I don't get it. Everything, everything, anything else screams purgatory. It screams Dave Hackstall. Like let's, I mean, let's I go guess, for it. I guess there's a chance, you know, you could grab that like next level head coach and take off. But like I've seen those names be dropped and it fail. Like a blast hill in Detroit. Maybe that team wasn't quite ready. You think our team's ready for a guy like that? No. Like we're not. Like, Hell, even the guy, even the Leafs have like Sheldon Keith, the most talented the rosters, and they can't still, get out of the first round. Still, greatest rivalry in sports, Jim. Leafs <laughs> versus the first round. Like yeah. they still can't get past it. They, you know, so like, why? Hmm. What are they gonna? What magnificent thing are they gonna bring in where they can just elevate this this group of guys? Who have yeah. issues at the wazoo? They're going to have the magic formula. Who's going to make them all great again? Get the hell out of here! These guys need a swift kick in the ass, and that's exactly what they're going to do. That's I mean, why Corderell's coming here. Like, give me a break. So, an interesting thing, and we should wrap up soon. We're an hour and ten in. You know how everybody looks at the Rangers and they're like, oh, the, fly- the Flyers should model their rebuild after the Rangers. Blah blah blah. Well, how about Gerard Gallant? Like, what's he ever won? Right? He was coached in Florida. Got shit canned, coached in Vegas. Got canned. He's a retread. You're gonna tell me Gerard Gallant's not a retread? The Rangers hired a retread, made it to the more uh, of a retread than most because he usually spends three years with the team, and the first year is always the best. So I'm curious it, how they do next year. Made it to the uh, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know who didn't bring them to the Eastern Conference Finals? What's his name? David Quinn. Dave. I don't want to say the Falcons head coach. I think that was Dan Quinn, and it's David Quinn. Yeah, David I mean, Quinn, yeah. like, that the first round. That's I mean, it. right there, the argument's done. The team was not that different than it was last year. Uh-huh. Or, 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 I'm sorry, did they have Gallant last year? No, then this is the first year. This is first year. Yeah. So, I mean, what if, what if Ranger fans were, oh, we don't want to hire Gallant. He's a retread. Well, look what he just did. Look, look, it, it's such a, such a weird thing. It's like a, de- a demeaning uh, word to call somebody. A I would never. I, I don't like it because coaches learn too. I do yeah. think that they go to different places and they pick up things. They learn things. And I would. It, it's just it's stupid. It's yeah. it's just it's a uh, what's it's a strawman's argument. Is that the thing? You're right. It is a bad. It's a it's a bad argument. You're right. And I hate the I hate the term right because the guy's got a proven track record. It's like when you're applying for a job, you're going to you're going to hire the guy that's been around for 10, 15 years and has one before. You're going to hire this this new guy. Right. Do you, so it's kind of like, you know what you're getting in one and you can kind of diagnose what your team needs and how this guy is going to help fix it. Or you can bring in this guy who's coached college kids for however long. And, you know, the, if, if you're a college kid, obviously you're not getting paid, which makes a huge difference. And. You have to listen to your coach. When you make the NHL, you're making a lot more money than your coach. Some of these guys, like your coach, uh-huh. is making two, three, four, five million. Some of these guys are making six, seven, eight, 
and they're guaranteed these uh, four, five, six, seven, eight-year contracts, right? So you know I got my money. I got my contract. This jackass is going to be here for two, three, four years. I don't have to listen to what he's going to say. I'm set. I'm set for life. They can't cut me. What are they going to do? Trade me? Do me the favor. I, w- I don't want to play for Tortorella. You know what I'm saying? Um, so uh, that's that's the trouble that you um, you might run into hiring a college coach. If, if he's not, especially if you, if you bring in a guy like, like let's say, Hackstall, if he can't command that locker room because you're going to – a guy like Hackstall or Quinn, you have to figure out a way to get your players respect, number one, because they know it's your first gig and this and that. And, you know, with Hackstall, we heard a lot of uh, everything was roses. The players loved him. Giroux and Voracek were pissed when he got fired, this and that. Um, but who knows if it's like that all the time, you know? So, I, I, Well, I mean, do we really care what Giroux and Voracek loved when they weren't doing anything like uh, they were a bubble playoff team at best? And and that's another thing too. Like, who knows? They could have loved the guy because he wasn't that hard on them. They pretty much they could say maybe they did what they wanted. So at the end of the day, Jim, they still cast their checks and are making millions upon millions. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they had win. There's no extra cash for winning in the in, with their contracts. Yep. So of course they loved them. They had an easy life. Right. He exactly. took all the heat. Hacksaw took all the heat. It was a lightning rod. Him and McDonald. They took all the heat. Drew and Voracek were untouchable until Voracek was a couple of years later when we ran out of people to blame it on. Yeah. You know, if they were actually winning, that would have been a different story. You think Laviolette? Do you think players like like he's very similar to Tortorella? He's won a Stanley Cup and he's been to I believe three: Carolina, Philly, and Nashville. Like. He's a, he's the exact opposite of Dave Axel. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just saying like there, there's a, there, you want to talk about a tread. Let me go with that tread. The one that drags their teams further in the playoffs. That's what I heard about Tortorella. Who's going to drag this ass team to the playoffs. And not what they do there is whatever, but that's amazing considering what we just saw. Yeah. I'd rather be fun and winning than catering to this team's wants and needs. Because what? How does that affect us? I don't give a shit, you know. And I don't understand how bringing in somebody who uses numbers or whatever is a new age coach or what. Yeah, I still see coaches winning today with superstars on their team. It's all the stuff we've seen all throughout history. Good goaltending. Look at the Lightning. They're fucking stacked. They won the last two cups. They're they could win the next one. And if Colorado wins, oh, McKinnon's pretty goddamn good. Last I checked, Cal McCarr is a friggin' stud. Last I checked. So I don't know what these coaches are bringing to the table that's so different than what happened years before. Yeah, and uh, at that, why don't we wrap up? We're an hour and fifteen in. We uh, went a little bit overboard. Um, before we do finish, I would like to thank once again our guest, Charlie Wright. And let me just bring up his agent's name real quick. Sorry, I, I want to get it right here because the last name is a little long for me, and I don't want to mess it up because Andy's done a lot for us. His first name's Andy. Uh, I believe it's pronounced Changel. Oh, there it is. So I want to thank Andy Changelath for, for helping us get uh, Charlie on the show, and he helped us with uh, our player last week as well. Andy's done a, a lot of great things for us. I uh, want to show him our appreciation and at that let's wrap up the episode jack right so uh, 
yeah, draft is coming up in a couple weeks. We might have a surprise guest on for you next week, or maybe we'll save it for the end of July. It's it's a surprise for sure, right, Jack? I like I told you about this one earlier. I, I kind of laughed as I told Jack who it was. So um, you're ne- you're never gonna guess who it is, but it, it should be never a fun one in a million years. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's going to do it for the episode. Thanks, as always, for hanging out with us. The next time you catch us live should be uh, maybe next Monday. To uh, It should be next Monday. Next next Monday. Next Monday or Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> back to school next Tuesday. So uh, I believe we do have an episode coming up uh, next Tuesday with Kara Mori on the HW at Night Show with Dave Leonard. Make sure you guys keep an eye out for that one. So uh, in the meantime, make sure you drink your green stuff, take your vitamins, and everybody enjoy the rest of your night.